Well, welcome. Thanks so much for being here again. Uh, for those of you who do or don't know, my name is Mike, um, and we have been traveling over the last few weeks towards Easter in this series that we've been calling Greater Than. And what we've been doing is we've been talking about all of the different things that Jesus is greater than. And if you've been here for most of the last five or six weeks, a little bit of this morning is going to feel familiar because we're going to go over a lot of the things that we've talked about before. And if you're here for the first time, welcome. You're going to get the synopsis of the whole thing. Maybe that's the strategy. You just come to the last part of every series, you get the whole thing. No, uh, better if you maybe didn't do that. And so when we were kind of planning for Easter, thinking about what are we going to talk about? How are we going to approach this season? Um, I started thinking about, you know, uh, why is, you know, Easter important? Why is that something we should make sure that we express? Why is it impactful? And then maybe why do people miss it? Because I think that happens a lot. This, this is sometimes one of those things where we as a church will overthink it. We'll try to make it, you know, exciting or something new or something different when really everything that needs to be celebrated is right in the story. But even still, sometimes we miss that a little bit. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, why is that uh, the case? That the life, the death, the impact of Jesus isn't always taken that seriously by the majority of people in our country today. And, and that's the thing that we were really a little bit focused on. And so there's a couple things that I noticed when we were looking at that question, trying to answer it. Uh, we noticed that uh, Jesus uh, and Christianity and religion in general has sort of been clumped together and then sort of uh, leveraged by some people in a way that isn't always healthy. It's been riding on the coattails of certain things. There's been certain things that it's been attached to. And so that's what we've spent a lot of time talking about. So just as a review, here is how we've done that. On the first week, we talked about how Jesus is greater than the church buildings. We had uh, a big conversation about how the, these buildings, we have a beautiful building which we are blessed with, and so do so many other churches. And we look through history of these beautiful cathedrals and great, awesome places that look amazing and that represent in some way or another Christianity. And sometimes we get really, really focused on those places, as did some of the Israelites back that we read about in the Old Testament. And even, of course, in the New Testament as well. And so we wanted to make sure that we talked about that and said, you know what, these buildings are great and they're a cool place for us to do what we like to do but they're not the hub of the wheel. They're not the thing that we should really latch onto. So we said, okay, well, what else do people get hung up on? And then the next week was a little bit risky. We talked about, we talked about Scripture. We talked about how, you know what, Jesus is greater than Scripture, which sounds like a weird thing to say, maybe, but when you look at Scripture through the lens as it's intended, which is this amazing book, which is not, of course, one book, but is 66 books and letters and is written over the course of, you know, 1700 years from God's people all across time that tells amazing stories of God's faithfulness to us. 
uh, we really look at it as, as, as a thing that tells us what already happened. We identify right now that if every Bible in the year 2022 disappeared, that wouldn't actually mean that Jesus never died and rose again on the third day. We know about it because of Scripture, but Scripture isn't the hub of the wheel. It's not what we're here to celebrate this morning on Easter Sunday. So we went, okay, well, maybe it's like good deeds, right? We talked about how Jesus is greater than the nice things we do. We hear about this all the time. I'm a good person. I do nice things for nice people. But really what we know is that Christianity, although that's a part of it, treating people well with grace and love and mercy and all of those things that at the core, if you took some of that stuff away, Christ still would have risen on that third day. So that wasn't the hub of the wheel. We understand that sometimes, uh, this is the day I thought eh, maybe I wouldn't be back the next week. We talked about how Jesus is greater than politics. And we had a bit of a conversation about that and how sometimes politics and religion get a little bit too interwoven. Has anybody ever noticed that? Have you, have you seen that before? How those things get a little bit too tightly woven. But what we of course, talked about was this idea that Jesus came not to fit into our structure or any one political party, but to bring something brand new to the world. And this is why we struggle when people try to shoehorn Jesus into one thing or another. We talk about it like we are filtering our ideology, the things that we think about, through theology. Uh, the way that God teaches us things and the way we talk about God and how it's really important to not do it that way because that just doesn't work. And thankfully, the next week, I was still here. So the next week, we talked about Christian leadership and the fact that Jesus is greater than any Christian leader you've ever encountered. Any pastor, any small group leader, any youth pastor, any priest, any anybody, because we're here, we exist, because Jesus died and rose on that third day. Without that message, I actually have no purpose at all. I am not above that message, nor is any other leader. And we talked about how sometimes what we'll do is we'll hitch our wagons a little bit too close to a person, instead of to Jesus. We'll hitch our wagons a little bit closer to a Christian that we know, who we know is a flawed person, instead of Jesus Christ, the person who was not flawed. And so when that person fails, what we go is, well, if that person failed and they're a Christian, then Christianity must be something that we push to the side. But that's really because we've just focused on the wrong thing. We shouldn't be focusing on the leaders or the people, although they're a very important part of spreading the word. What we should be focusing on is Jesus and the risen Savior. And so that leads us to today. Jesus is greater than all of these things. What is He greater than that we learn on Easter Sunday? Jesus is greater than death. Jesus overcomes the grave. And we left on Good Friday with the story of the crucifixion. And we're going to pick that story right back up this morning in Matthew chapter 28. So I think we're going to have the words up on the screen if you'd like to read along, but I'm going to read here. 
After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like the lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. And the angel came to the, or the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers. Uh, go tell my brothers to the Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, some guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. When Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. <clears throat> and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now we hear this story, the resurrection story, the story of Jesus on that third day rising from death, the tomb being empty, the women discovering it, them telling the disciples, the disciples encountering Him. This is so exciting. We love it. But look at what's snuck in here, which I love. So I love this about, okay, so just let's rewind for a second. So at the beginning of your New Testament, your Bible is divided into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is everything happened before Jesus uh, was birthed, and then the New Testament is everything after. Testament means, hey, one person listened three months ago. Good. Covenant. I don't know who yelled that out, but thank you for doing it. Testament means covenant or promise. So uh, the new, the old promise and the new promise, and we can get onto all that and, and I won't do that here, but it's really, really interesting. We should talk about it. We'll do it at the back. Come find me. It'll be a lot of fun. Okay. So in the New Testament, that tells all about Jesus' life on earth and his death and what happened next. There are these four books at the very beginning, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they tell all about Jesus' life. And uh, uh, Matthew's Gospel, which is the one we're reading from this morning, He's an eyewitness to all of this. He's one of Jesus' disciples. And his primary audience is a Jewish audience. What does that mean? It means 
that this whole little part in the middle where the guards come and they get paid this sum of money to make up this story to try to satisfy the governor and then they go around and they try to say, hey, this didn't really happen, but this other thing happened. This is the, type, this is the group of people that they're trying to convince. The Jewish people. Many who still don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah even to this day because of stories like this. But Matthew's primary audience was to the Jews. And so when you read that gospel through, if you ever do it, you'll notice a lot of things that are fulfillment of the Old Testament into the New Testament. It's really, really cool. I'm not going to do like a whole exegesis of Matthew and a giant biblical lesson this morning. That's not really why you're here. But um, we should talk about it sometime. It's a lot of fun. All that to say this. Matthew writes this stuff in such a way. It includes a story like this, that guard's report, which we include, to make sure that people go, hmm, we know there's going to be some objections. We know there's going to be some stuff to overcome. We know from the first day that Jesus rose from the dead that there were some people that just weren't sure. And I know that there's people either watching online or people in the room this morning that just aren't sure. And I get that. that. That's okay. That makes sense. We're on a journey. We're figuring this stuff out together. And, and that's what they were still doing in the moment. Because honestly, uh, we read other gospel accounts and the Marys went and they told the disciples and a couple of them came back and checked for themselves because they didn't believe it either. Because they weren't sure. They weren't sure until they had a meal with him later on that knew that Jesus had really risen. It's really, really cool. And so if you're in that spot this morning, I just want to say, that's okay. <laughs> I understand where you're at. I understand that space. It's why we've gone through this whole greater than series. Because when you're in a spot that's not sure, where does doubt come from? In this moment, doubt came from this guards report. This group of guards that were brought in to say, hey, we're going to make sure we manipulate this story from the first moment to try to get people to doubt. But why do we doubt? Well, a lot of the reasons that we covered in this series. Maybe you had a bad leader that said something that you weren't sure about. Maybe you feel like sometimes Christians or Christianity is focused too much on the building or the money or the fame or uh, the gravitas or whatever that looks like sort of in your life. Maybe... You look at people and go, ah, you know what? They say they're Christians, but they're really not that good of people, at least not in my judgment, so I'm not really sure. Maybe you look at people and you look at politics and you go, I'm not sure how somebody can advocate for this and also say that they're this. I get it. I am, you know, one of those things about becoming a pastor and getting to get to the opportunity where you kind of get to stand up here and people actually let you do this, uh, is that you need to work through a lot of those doubt moments. And if I were to stand up here and say to you every once in a while, I look around and go, oh boy, I'm really struggling with that. Like that would be untruthful because there are moments that I struggle too. And Matthew knew that from day one, which is so important as to why he put that in this story because we're here this morning to celebrate the resurrection of Christ because if Christ doesn't rise from the dead what are we all doing here really 
This is what the whole thing is based on. Jesus being greater than death. And what does that mean? It means that your Creator who intentionally made you and cares about you throughout the course of all human history went, at some point, this isn't good enough. We need to have... We need to give people more. They need to have a better opportunity to get to go to God. Because we go all the way back to the beginning. What happened? We've all kind of heard that story of Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve are in the garden and then they sin and they fall away. And when we talk about sin, we talk about sin in the church a lot. And what I want you to think about that as, if, if you're somebody who's kind of struggling with that definition or what that word is, is I just want you to think about it as things that separate us from God and from others. Sin is something that separates us from God and from others. And God knew that right from the beginning as soon as it happened. And from that moment on, there was a plan in place to bridge that gap, to make sure that we didn't need to be separated from God anymore. And that plan was Jesus Christ. And He came to the world and He lived among us. Not so that he could prove that he was better. He lived a sinless life. But he did it so he could empathize. So he could understand. So he could go through the same things that we went through. And that's really hard sometimes for us to wrap our head around. But that's what it was. He's mocked on the cross on Good Friday. Hey, can't you get yourself down? Can't you save yourself? The answer was, of course, he could. But he didn't because he knew that he was building a bridge between you and God that would last thousands of years. Christianity isn't about all of these things that we've talked about for the last few weeks. It's about the love of your Creator coming after you. And we've seen this through history. Adam and Eve and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Joshua and Samuel and Job and Isaiah and Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and Paul and Peter and James and Timothy and all of these people that we read about in Scripture who wrote letters to other people in their time to say, look at what God is doing in our life. Look at the faithfulness that Jesus showed us, not only in our time that we saw, but in His death and in His resurrection that's why we're here that's why easter is such an exciting time right we make a big deal about christmas we love christmas the birth of jesus is very very important but his death and resurrection is what we're here to celebrate and that death and resurrection happened for each and every one of us that are in the room and i know that's that's sometimes hard to wrap our heads around because Jesus really did die for you and He really did rise from the dead and conquer death for you. He really did do it for you. And when you strip it all away, when you strip away the buildings and the preachers and the fundraisers and the music and the lights and everything else, at the end of the day, what we're here to celebrate is that Jesus died and rose for you.
He came down to earth as a man (laughs) to live among us so that he could know what it was like to be you and then build that bridge between you and him permanently. And if, if, just honest question, I don't know what you're looking for in your life. Most people are looking for a reason to matter. What's my purpose? What's my role? People go to work on a Monday morning and they go, ah, I don't really feel fulfilled. And they go try to find something else. And they go try to find something else. And they fill it with this and that and whatever. And and it's because we know this over and over and generation after generation. We're, We're looking for purpose. We're looking for meaning. Why are we here? Are we worth, is it worth me being here? Is it worth the time? Is it worth the space? Jesus came down to die to answer that question for you 2,000 years later. And the answer is, yeah, you are worth the time and the space. Yeah, I created you for a purpose. Yeah, your life does have meaning. And so, I don't know what you're looking for, but if it's not that, I'm not sure that you're ever going to be fully satisfied. Honestly. Because the author and creator of all of our lives came down and made a special plea just for you which is really, really cool. And we walk around all the time trying to figure out how to find that on our own. And sometimes we ignore Christianity or the Christians in our life or faith because of all of the other stuff that's been attached to it. But at the end of the day, the thing that I want you to walk away from this morning is that we're so excited that Jesus rose to life on the third day because of what it means for you and for me. Because Jesus came and said, you're worth dying for. You're worth suffering for. And I want to make sure you know that. And not only that, I want to make sure we get to spend a lot of time together. And not only that, I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to walk with me so that together we can fulfill your life as it's meant to be. So that you can have purpose. So that you can have meaning so that you can go to bed at night and are you always going to have a great day? No. But are you always going to know that your life is meaningful and purposeful? Yeah. And that's the thing we're looking for. And that is the thing that Jesus came to offer and that is why he came to die and conquer death and prove to us once and for all that he was greater than everything that we're ever going to encounter. And the good news for us is that this has already happened. (laughs) It's already been paid for, right? The sin that is in our lives, the separation from each other, and the separation from God, that problem has been solved. It has a solution. We just need to buy into that. We need to sit there and go, we know that there's a few things in our lives that might pull us away here and there, but the honest to goodness truth is, is that Jesus did die and raise for you.
And if you leave the last six weeks or the last six minutes not remembering anything else, which is very possible, that's the thing I want to make sure you walk away from or with. (laughs) Please don't walk away from it. We want you to walk away with the knowledge and the security and the hope and the grace to know that the person that created you, the God that formed you, that gives you purpose and that gives you meaning is just reaching out his hand going, hey, let's go together. And so I don't know where you're at this morning. I would guess that whether you're a person who has already put your faith in Jesus before, and you're here now, who maybe did that before and walked away, or you never have because you're not sure, or you've got friends that are skeptics, or, or, or whatever that looks like, I know we've got that group of people in this room. My encouragement to you is this. Whether you feel that way and wherever you are on that faith spectrum, Jesus has already died for you and reached his hand out and said, Let's go together. Let's figure this out. And my challenge to you is to strip all the rest of it away. Strip away strip away that person in your life that's just a little bit like they're at 11 all the time that irritate you a little bit. That say, hey, you need to do this all the time. Strip away the stories you've heard about buildings. Strip away the Christian leader stuff, all of those other things, and just go, what did Jesus do? Start there. That's my challenge to you. Because in every story that I've ever heard from anybody who's walked away from faith or not walked towards it, it's almost never been because of Jesus. It's always been because of somebody else, who, by the way, we are surrounded by a whole bunch of somebodies that are very flawed, <laughs> right? We are all working through it together. So my encouragement to you is this. We come on a Sunday morning on Easter Sunday to celebrate the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the living Savior, the one who came back for you to make sure that you could be with him forever because you weren't going to be left behind. And now it's your job to just take that one step and go, okay, and what does that mean for me? If you're not sure how to do that, that's okay. We have people for that. (laughs) We're here to help you. This room is full of people that have taken that step before. I'm here, we've got elders, we've got staff, we've got folks that have been through that journey on the highs and the lows, and we'd love to talk to you about it. Because at the end of the day, we know that all this stuff is great and it's fun, but without Jesus, there really isn't anything else that we've got that's more important. And if you're not really sure how that fits, we would just love to have a conversation with you about that and say yeah we we get it we know we're not here to overcome your objections we're just here 
to refocus you and say, let's check Jesus out for a minute. Because that's what we need to be focusing on. That's why Easter is so exciting. That's why we get so pumped. That's why the kids come up with ribbons, which they tried to get me to do, which would have been a terrible idea. (laughs) That's why we sing. It's why we dance. It's why we celebrate. We celebrate because of what Jesus Christ did for all of mankind. And I would encourage you that if you're just not quite there, you're still trying to figure it out, identify why that is and just take one step if you could. I think you're going to find that it's going to be worth it. Let's pray together. God, thanks so much. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to live and to die with us. And thank you that he rose to life to prove to us that you are greater than death. That our lives were worth fighting for. That in the end, when we're all finished, that we get the opportunity to be with you. Lord, I pray this morning for those of us that are already following you. Let us be good examples of that. Let us be lights that shine through. Let us be self-aware in the moments where we're not doing a great job. Let us always keep our eyes on Jesus first. And Lord, for those that just aren't sure and aren't, um, aren't there yet, that have got the skeptical thoughts that mm, it just doesn't seem to fit, Lord, I just pray that you would give us the opportunity Um, to be good examples of what it looks like to be following you. And that you would work in people's hearts to know the truth about you, to find their meaning and to find their purpose, and to know that you died for each and every one of them too. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for his resurrection. And thank you for everything that it means to us each and every day of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.